is the best of two pros in a cup of joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. Now, Dak Prescott uh, did release a statement, this in regards to the comment he made about the officials or people throwing trash on the field, the media correcting him after that disaster on Sunday, saying, well, you know, it was uh, they were throwing at officials, and he said, oh, credit to them, they were frustrated like we were, so on and so forth. He got a lot of heat. Uh, NBA officials, um, you know, oh, came out. and in, huh? Oh, of course they did. You know, That because, makes sense. Well, I mean, look, it's a slow time in the gambling world, so of course they've got time on their say, hands. Yeah, yeah. they've done fixing yeah. the NBA game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They don't. They don't know whether or not Kyrie's going to play at home, so they're not sure whether they can get a good line on the game. So, uh, so they decided to take a shot at Dak Prescott. Now, Dak Prescott went to social media last night and wrote the following: "I deeply regret the comments I made regarding the officials after the game on Sunday. I was caught up in the emotion of a disappointing loss, and my words were uncalled for and unfair. I hold the NFL officials in the highest regard and have always respected their professionalism and the difficulty of their jobs. The safe." Safety of everyone who attends a game or participates on the field of a sporting event is very serious matter. That was a mistake on my behalf, and I am sorry. So Dak what a is well sorry. Well written piece it's by done. Dak's agent. I thought so yeah. too. <laughs> well done by his agent. Wait, him. wait. You think Dak's oh, agent? that's how this works. You think you think uh, Dak's agent's got his login information on Twitter? You think he's his like, login? Oh, yeah. I don't think that he has login. I think they said, <laughs> "Hey, uh, make sure you post this on Twitter before you go off." Uh, calling for fans to throw <laughs> stuff at, at at the officials. All right, probably a bad look, Dak. Like we're gonna lose our Greek sponsorship. What is it, Oikos? He's like, we, look, we don't want to lose Oikos. That's a big sponsorship for us, amongst other things that you got. Well, going, you remember, so. you remember how he got that because Cam Cam, Cam Newton yeah. lost right. his because he made the he, comment about the woman I talking thought, about routes. I thought yeah. he was John Stamos's. Um, that was who John Stamos wanted. He was like, no, nah, I'm done with Dak. All right, I'm done with Cam. I'm moving on the deck. Uh-huh. I, thought, I thought that was John Stamos's. Yeah, it could, it could have been. Yeah, that's a good is point. I mean, yeah, I, I have no idea. Did, did John Stamos? Is he? Uh, does he have some sort of a tie to that company? Or I'm like, pretty sure I've seen John Stamos in an Oikos commercial. You know, if Pat- not that. You know, I, I, want, I, I don't want to mix this up, okay? Because I know where you're going. I know you're uh, thinking, uh, oh, uh, Greek yogurt. What uh, the, John uh, Stamos uh, Greek? Uh, that's racist. Uh, it might have been another yogurt company, but I can promise you, John Stamos. He has indeed, and if we need to, we can go to our, our yogurt expert, all Uh-oh. right? Lee throws yogurt all the time Oh, around. Jesus. God. We can go to our yogurt expert, <laughs> Lee, Lee to lap, yeah. to see if John Stamos I mean, has been, has he advertised or marketed any other yogurt company? Uh, yeah, so let's, uh, let's uh, we are going to get this uh, set up and ready to rock, uh, make sure Lee's got his mask on and we are uh, all uh, socially distanced oh here uh, in the studio. Just want to make sure if we're going to talk yogurt here on the air this oh, early in the morning, gosh. we've got to have all our, uh, you know, the T's crossed and the I's dotted. i got to make sure everything is uh, is taken care of and underway. By the oh way, uh, speaking of yogurt and Greek, we will have Petros Papadakis coming up in hour three. I'm sure he can weigh in on this conversation oh as well, gosh. too. Uh, imagine uh, we are now- him weighing in on this yeah. oh that is going oh my gosh all yeah. right let's let's buckle up for that one yeah that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a fun conversation but <laughs> in in regards to uh dak prescott who comes away from is this game, alive? Are we just, well, yeah, i'm just, like saying are we just moving on right? from yeah, i was because trying to, wasn't uh, it i, mean, I was vamping because we were having yeah, some clearly. issues some technical uh, issues there was so. some technical difficulties but i can confirm that from 2013 through 2014 john stamos was in fact the uh, the Oikos guy. There you go. Right. All right. Not, so only, so- not only that, hey, but there, you know there was outrage. 
you know, there was a little bit of controversy because he did a Super Bowl ad, and it, I guess it was kind of a tad bit uh, borderline racy, you know, the way they use the, the Oikos yogurt. Well, I mean, oh, listen, you know. There's, you know, apparently, it's, it's apparently, the way it was yeah. being – well, okay, never mind. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know there. what halftime show you were watching, but uh, – <laughs> I didn't say halftime show. Okay. I didn't say halftime show. See, you're, you are now drawing conclusions right, that did not – do not do not put things in my mouth that I did not say because – Oh, we trying to make I, this the Justin Timberlake Jackson <laughs> deals that were – I don't know. Hey, all I'm going to say is I'm not Dak Prescott, so I will not be issuing apologies for anything <laughs> that I say or do, so don't – don't have anybody coming after me. Uh, what, what do we think of uh, if we just had to grade the season for Dak? If we just come away from this year and we go, all right, Dak Prescott season as a whole, if we got to give him a grade, how do we feel about it? Because I, I happen to think that uh, the Cowboys come away from this year going – yeah, we let one get away because there was an opportunity to do some things in, in a conference that felt like, although Green Bay was the best team, you know, you, you, you play this the right way. I like da- I like Dallas. I think they could have gone into Tampa Bay and win next week. Uh, maybe they get to an NFC title game. And we see we just roll the dice and see what happens. But it feels like this was an opportunity with Dak Prescott to prove a point and make a point and to lose the way they did and have his comments come out afterwards. This feels like this is going to be a rough, uh, rough offseason of uh, anticipation for next year for the Dallas Cowboys mm. and Dak Prescott. This like was, I mean, you can make the case his best statistical year. You know, I, I know he wasn't on pace to throw for the same amount of yards per game and all that as he was last year before the injury. But, you know, touchdowns, interceptions, all of that. I mean, his completion percentage was the highest it's ever been. He didn't throw, quite throw for as many yards, but this was, I would say, maybe his best season. I should say maybe it was his best season, you know, since he's been a starting quarterback in the NFL. So, it, look, it wasn't always pretty. They they've had some rough patches where they had a hard time scoring points. But so when you say that, you go, wait, hold on a second. They were the number one scoring offense in the NFL. They were number one in yards. So what do you mean they had a hard time scoring points? Here's what I'll remember this season about for the Dallas Cowboys. They were a team that liked to beat down on bad teams and run up scores on bad teams. And against the good teams, they struggled to score. That's literally what they were this season. If you comb through their record and you go through, you know, how they played versus the bad opponents and how they played versus the good opponents. And some people would say that they're kind of a front runner, right? If they get off to a good start, they're going to have a good game. If they get off to a slow start, they struggled really to adjust and to figure out how to pick things back up. I think that's the next step for this team if they want to move forward. And what LeVar said earlier, if they want to you know, not have this be a deal where they never get past a certain point in the playoffs, they've got to figure out a way of adapting and adjusting, much like Dak Prescott did uh, once he got more information about who the fans were actually throwing the bottles and, and trash at. Uh, the officials, not their actual employer. So, yeah. Uh, if you notice how he adapted and audibled pretty quickly out of that. <laughs> well, so. Come on, yeah, that's how it works. I, I think, I mean, having a 12-5 and five year, you cannot say that he had a, a failing campaign other than the fact that the biggest the biggest factor working against Dak Prescott or any other player at that that plays for the Dallas Cowboys is winning a Super Bowl. That is the expectation. That is what Jerry Jones has built a behemoth brand off of is that 
the Cowboys. It's so amazing how he's convinced his fan base to be in total, uh, like, like just buy-in and, and, and just craziness around the success of the Cowboys and has been able to leverage it through through the three Super Bowls that he, you know, he wasn't, uh, at least what people will say, he wasn't directly a part of and has been chasing that with his fans uh, ever since. So that is that is the level of expectation that every single person that looks at Dallas has because that is what they've built their brand off of. And that's what's going to be difficult here because while you can look at this as a positive season for them, they took a, a positive step in being better because their defense improved. But if you're looking at it from holistically what the expectation is for the Dallas Cowboys, if they don't win the Super Bowl, you're always going to look at the season and question who's there, who's coaching, who's the player. And it's always going to come back to the quarterback. And that's ultimately going to be Dak's undoing if he's not able to get to a Super Bowl. We talked about how if you're if you were a Kyler Murray skeptic or a Cliff Kingsbury skeptic, you went back to Monday night. and We said this yesterday, like that was the game you point to to say, see, told you I was right. Man, aren't these the games like on Sunday where if you were one of these people who said they shouldn't give Dak that much money, Dak doesn't deserve that sort of uh, quarterback money. Aren't these the type of games you look back and go, so wait a second. You couldn't deliver at home. You couldn't have a lead one time for one second in that game against a 49ers team who was dealing with injuries and a quarterback with one thumb and, as it turns out, a sprained shoulder. Like, that's just a bad look. And and it feels like if the pressure was there and the conversation was there last offseason about why he doesn't deserve the contract, this is only going to be a lot of people who have a lot to say this season based on how it finished out. I just think they're in a tough spot, and it's going to be a, going to be a rough one there for the Dallas I mean, they're Cowboys. one of the most hyped teams in the NFL. Yes. If, if the reality is they're never going to live up to any of the hype or any of what people think or, or believe about them until they win a Super Bowl. That, that's the standard that there's a bunch of Dallas Cowboys fans who grew up with Troy Aikman winning Super Bowls, and that's the standard they hold them to. And then there's another younger generation that they saw Tony Romo have relative success, and they think that's success for the Cowboys. I mean, if, if, they're not, if they're not careful, they're, they're going to lead to another generation that's, like, used to this team just either being <laughs> that or even worse. Yeah, I mean, just, that's the truth of the matter. Like, if, if Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones thinks they're building a Super Bowl contender, you actually have to get to the Super Bowl. You actually have to get to the, <laughs> the NFC Championship game. That's a great point. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I don't know, man. I've been uh, hearing from a lot of people that uh, this college football playoff expansion, it's only a matter of time. Uh, I'm hearing uh, 12 teams. People were throwing out 16 at one point. Uh, We had eight. We had all these other things that were coming on. And uh, then there's uh, this report from uh, CBS uh, and how the ACC rejected a 12-team proposal. Uh, There was concern over uh, roster sizes uh, that uh, they didn't feel like 
like they would have enough players to, to for spring ball. And so you're asking teams to potentially play 17 games, et cetera, et cetera. So the ACC rejects that. And now there's more uh, skepticism as to when this is going to happen. Now I'm hearing three years, four years. Uh, Brady Quinn, you're the face of Big Noon Kickoff. People tune in to Big Noon Kickoff every single Saturday just to watch Brady Quinn. They just want to watch Brady Quinn. And then they get an extra, you know, uh, a serving of LeVar Arrington stiff arm on a poor woman in Iowa. Uh, but you are the voice of college football. What the F, oh, man? God, are we getting an, are we getting an expansion really or good. what of the playoffs? What's Dude, going on? It was here? like her reaction to the stiff arm <laughs> it was, so was like shock and awe. I mean, just further to wake. When we get far away from this, guys, that's going to be it's going to be way funnier than what it was. Because <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I'm kind of mortified that I did it. Honestly, like I, like now I'm thinking about it, it's like, man, I really stiff armed her. You know, I knew I knew it was well, funny in the moment. It wasn't a really stiff armed her. It wasn't a solid one, but right. it was good because I did get a little extra mush at the end. Like it, it was the last you got part. Push off at the end. Yeah, I got that little bit of push off, and it was kind of like after I thought about it when I did it, I was laughing because I was so in the moment that that these these were Iowa people. Like these are Hawkeyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm to, hearing them boo me and stuff like that. And I had a good little little stiff I arm. Mean, to, you know, to give her credit, she did handle it better than Earl Thomas handled that Derrick Henry stiff arm. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, he spun him like a top. Or, then, or Mr. Norman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, oof. Yeah, there's that yeah, one, too. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But, uh, but that was the big noon kickoff, yeah. and, and that is Brady's show. And, yeah. No. Well, I, I am it. interested to hear what he has to say about this playoff. Yeah, yeah, so l- let's address a few things. The thought in regards to players playing too many games – player health and safety, it's true. You have to acknowledge what Jim Phillips, who's the commissioner of the ACC, what he's brought up is true. This isn't college basketball. It takes a much greater toll on your body based on the number of games you play. And I do think that we're getting to a point where we're asking too much of these student athletes. So you've got to be able to work both sides of this equation. If you're going to have a playoff, whether that's 12 teams or I'm even more inclined to say 16 at this point, just to make round numbers, and, and, and I'll get to why I feel like that might want to, maybe should be the case when I get a minute, but the, the truth of how this whole thing is going to come together is there has to be give and take. You know, As much as the ACC wants to talk about player safety, the other end of the spectrum is they're upset about how it's being worded of how they'd go about putting in the top 12 teams. And it's all really about the top six. You know, you've got conferences right now, like the ACC and the Big Ten, who want their conference championship games to be automatic qualifiers, okay? They want their conference champ, regardless of who it is, to automatically get in. I like that. That's, that's what they want to be the case. Now, here's the problem with that. You're never going to have a group of five, or I shouldn't say never, but the group of five doesn't want that. And the group of five should be a part of the conversation in college football only because, dare I say this, they kind of saved us during COVID. If you remember back when COVID first started in 2020, we were seeing a lot of teams like Coastal Carolina, Louisiana Monroe, or some of these other schools, UTSA, some of these group of five schools that were playing when no one else wanted to. 
And, and I do think people started to go, wait a second, this Grayson McCall kid, this quarterback for Coastal Carolina is pretty darn good. Like, maybe, maybe we should start paying attention to this. So I do think that's good for college football. And I also think it's, it's good moving forward to include them as part of that conversation and give them a shot of being a part of it. And they're not going to agree to something where they say, okay, so your conference champion is getting in no matter what. And, and their argument is, well, what about Iowa? If Iowa would beat Michigan this year, do they deserve really to be a part of it? Or Northwestern a couple of years ago when they were playing against Ohio State, did or they Penn really State. deserve to, to be a part of it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you start going through those scenarios and you start to see some of the logic from their side of things where they're saying, well, hold on a second. Like, let's phrase this a different way. And so what's being proposed is this. They're basically saying that they want it to be the top six ranked conference champions. Now, that essentially is the synonymous verbiage as when you're saying the Big Ten champions automatic qualifier because as, even, as, even as bad as some of the teams have been coming out of the Big Ten West, they still would be able to qualify as a top six ranked conference champ. Think about that for a second. You would have to have a, a group of five who's from Conference USA or the American Athletic Conference, which, by the way, their best teams are now moving to the Big 12. So take that into account. So you'd have to have some of those conferences have a team that finds its way up high enough to be in the top six ranked conference champs. And so even if you get a lesser opponent or an underdog winning in the ACC or Big Ten, it's almost impossible that they're not going to still get in as the conference champ because of how much they'll leap up or the Pac-12 for that matter. So it's kind of an odd hill to die on, at least in regards to how they construct their top 12 teams. And that's what doesn't make sense. If you want to talk about player safety and all that, okay, great. We can talk about that. Let's stop, Let's stop with a stop clock on a gain first down. How about that? Uh, Maybe that's going to cut off 10 minutes. Do it like the NFL does it. That will limit the amount of plays. There's one way of limiting the amount of players uh, it plays these players face. There's one way. You can actually take away a non-conference game. And how about you, or if you don't want to take away a non-conference game, let's just have everyone play eight conference games. Some conferences play nine, some play eight. So, so go sit there and say, let's all play eight, let's all put the same amount, and let's play three non-conference games, and that staves an extra week for room for a first round of the playoffs if you happen to make it in. And if not, you're bowl eligible, you go to a bowl game. And by the way, it, it feels a little different, too, when you're a 6-5 and five football team going to a bowl than when you're 6-6. Six and six. You know, but th- that's there's there's multiple ways of figuring this thing out. The reality is there's parties behind the scenes who have interests that are persuading or persuading the ACC and the Big Ten to make the decisions that they're making right now. The most difficult challenge here is kind of what you said at, at the end of it is there's just too many agendas, too many, too many different agendas. And and somebody there's there's not going to be a solution that appeases and satisfies everyone that's involved. And that's that's but but to that point, I mean, creating the playoff in the beginning did the same exact thing where it's at right now has done the same exact thing. So it's just trying to find out what's the what's the lesser of all the evils connected and, and put together versus just, you know, the idea of just going into it and 
you know, somebody has to lose out and lose out big. I think that that's going to be the biggest challenge here. And and the the length of the season and those games and different things like that, I, I still think that now you got to get into the whole NIL conversation is going to, to probably have to be in the conversation as well because now you're talking about, you know, if, if, if that's if, – if with the playoff – and, and and the NIL and, and what that brings to the table, if it gets to a point of significance, then how is that going to play into to all of this? Because now you're going to talk about schools, those smaller schools, they may have a big booster that, that might be willing to get involved with trying to help build that school now. There, there may be a lot of different things that go in a lot of different directions because people can now throw their money at things. I mean, for some people, what, what Charlie Batch did with, uh, with Caleb, yeah, I mean – Somebody's huh. going to do that. Like, look at what what happened well, with Dion. What Dion's. did he actually do? He just threw out an offer. We don't know how legitimate it was. It's not but like you, Caleb Williams is but, going there. But imagine how unprecedented. Imagine if somebody offered you one point two to go somewhere else other than Notre Dame. Whether you decided to do it or not, that's a shocker to your system. Like, I just got offered one point two million dollars. I, 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 I don't think NIL is like the next thing that's going to be big. I think the transfer portal is what needs to be fixed. We can talk well, about we can talk about expansion that all that. The, yeah, the portal that is too. the biggest issue right now in college it, it, football. You're, you're, that too. It, yeah, you're right. It you're also right. it also feels like there are a lot of schools out there that are looking around, going, "Man, we don't know what the hell is going to happen with COVID and some of these, you know, uh, you know, lockdowns or whatever the hell is going on, or some, you know, what we're going to be allowed to do, or if we're going to be allowed Loud. And, and I just wonder if they're almost like, hey, before we start talking expansion, can we like figure out whether or not we're going to have football or we're going to have this and that, depending on what state or uh, what, what program you're a part of? And so when I look at this, I go, it feels to me like we're what, Brady, two years away, three years away from this ever happening. There's some people that are throwing out, you know, uh, 2025 is the earliest that expansion is going to happen. Now, maybe yeah, they fast track it. It wouldn't happen until they essentially finish the, the first term. And that's where we're getting towards. And, and you've got parties who are involved that are basically saying, you know, we don't feel like, especially considering the semifinal games, we don't feel like there's a need, you know, to expand because of how uncompetitive they've been. So why do we want to add more games? I mean, my argument is you would get better games 100%. with some of these New Year's Six we're seeing. Totally agree. I, I think the funniest argument to me of this whole thing, if you're saying that you want your conference championship game to be an automatic qualifier if you're a Power 5 conference, whether you're the ACC or even the Big Ten in this instance, the funniest thing about it is you're not an automatic qualifier now. Right. Like, we've had years, we've had teams who didn't win their own division in their conference and still make it in. We've had Big Ten teams who have won the Big Ten championship and not gotten in. Yeah. And so the argument that you're saying, well, you know, we don't like the language of this and we want it to be an automatic qualifier, it's not now. <laughs> like, you only right. get four teams, you have five Power Five conferences. Like, how does that make any logical and, and, sense? You know, we've had a national champ that didn't win their, their conference, correct? 
Yeah, that didn't win their division. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Think about that. You, you know what's funny too is like if you're the SEC, like not only is your uh, your uh, conference championship winner uh, uh, automatically qualified, the, the team who loses also automatically qualifies like this past year. So it's like uh, the, the SEC feels like they're in a, they're in a good spot, and everybody else is trying to figure <laughs> about, this thing out. How about this stat? Now this obviously <laughs> spans the college football playoff in the BCS era. I'm going to say this once though, and tell tell me how it hits you. In the last 16 national championships, the SEC's had 18 teams. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. let that hit you for a second. Yeah. To think about that. In the last 16 national championships, the SEC's had 18 teams. I love the SEC, man. <laughs> I love them so much. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. 3 a.m. Pacific. Mike check. Mike check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move. And tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from. Our guy Petros Papadakis joins you now here on FSR. You can hear him with Matt Money Smith on AM570 LA Sports, the Petros and Money Show. Also a Fox college football analyst and a weekly participant in whatever the hell we're calling this these days. Uh, Petros, what's going on? Any issues with the Rams uh, players' wives or anything lately? Well, she attacked me. uh, With a pretzel? No, it's Auntie Annie's, by the way, okay. or, or Auntie Annie's yeah. or Auntie Annie's, but it's not Anne's. <laughs> Who says Annie's? I don't know. Um, Greek. <laughs> Anastasia is what, how we would say Anna. Is that so. how you'd say it? Oh, Anastasia, it yeah. My brother's name is Anastasios. So why don't you oh, shove sexy. that in That is sexy. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, I she atta- she started this whole barrage against the media. First, throwing a pretzel at a man, and then uh, she uh, she attacked Fred Rogan and I <laughs> when uh, we were talking about Matt Stafford. She got all mad that we didn't call him Matthew. So yeah, she mm. did some kind of big Instagram post about how much we sucked, and it really upset Fred because I don't think she knew who Fred was. <laughs> and that really irked him. It's been here 41 years. Yeah, he doesn't I mean, know who he is. But, you know, I think this happens a lot with uh, Whitworth's wife attacked me, too. Oh. So you got a lot with of salty. With a pretzel? No, just on the oh, social media. But you got a lot of salty Rams wives. Oh, well done. And I think what the deal is is that they expect us to give them, like, one of those new room massages out here in L.A., you know, like they're used to getting it from the Detroit media or St. Louis or wherever you are, and at least from local hacks like myself. And when you watch me on TV, it's like I'm not breaking down, you know, all the A-gap runs 
that they that they had. I'm not talking about you know football in that way on that show, and I think it offended those women and they attacked me. So they got a lot of wind in their jaws coming from a, a Thousand Oaks area, which is cool. I mean, it's fine with me. It's something to talk about. If I was a football player, I'd hate to have to worry about so, what my wife was saying. Speaking of wind, um, I, I heard there was. At least this is reportedly what, what we've heard at the stadium at SoFi. Was it sewage? There was some sort of stench yeah, going they on? Yeah, they had a, a sewage explosion, which has Jeez. happened. You know, Well, obviously it happens usually at really old stadiums. It happened a bunch of the times in Oakland uh, Coliseum. Yeah. And that place is literally like a sewer. And then uh, <laughs> it happened at Dodger Stadium during the freeway series a couple years ago. And it was terrible. What do you mean an explosion? Like what? What's a pipe what's blows up and crap blows everywhere? It just crap bursts. water blows all over the place. <laughs> so it's not just like some guy blowing it out, pee after like a bad Dodgers. No, it's, like no, that. no. And now the opportunity to play all the fart sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. Petros loves it. He hates no, it it's, at the it's same some time. kind of a. It's some kind of a. So juvenile. I'm not a plumber. <laughs> I, I mean, is it is the hot dogs? We did see a picture of all the hot dogs there, and they, that looks rancid. I mean, I don't know it, how it looked, you eat that. SoFi is a SoFi is a kind of a star-crossed lover. Now, you guys have as have has everybody been there? No, I've not. Uh, okay, I've, I've been I've there. Not been. I've been there twice. And have you been there, Brady? I have not yet. Yeah. Okay. So I've been there twice, which is a miracle because those are the first two pro football games I ever really went to in my life and Hmm. the only reason i went to him is because daniel jeremiah got covid and they asked me to go call the charger games so it was a different experience and uh i will say they're going to have massive problems with the super bowl there for the media because what they did is they blew out and i think that might have been the area where the sewage exploded (laughs) but they they blew out all of the uh all of where you would have like every modern stadium as you guys know most of the time they build the broadcast booth somewhere down in the middle of the stadium. You know, the best view in the house, like 30 rows up, 50-yard line, and they build the booth right in the middle as opposed to some giant uh, air traffic control tower on the top of a, a towering stadium like we have at Arizona State or some of the stuff that was built decades ago. So most of the time you build your big TV booth and then you have a bunch of ancillary booths for radio, visiting radio, national radio, Spanish language radio, and all that stuff. They didn't do that at SoFi. Instead, they built a bunch of suites there and put like Mookie Betts and Travis Scott and Kawhi Leonard in there, <laughs> and which is fine. You know, they want a bunch of money, but they put all the media up way in the corner and they have one bathroom for like the controlling part of that giant uh, video board, all the radio broadcasts, all the Spanish language, NFL referees, all that stuff, they kind of like put in the corner like baby, and they're going to have a massive problem. (laughs) I mean, you know, how many broadcasts are there for the Super Bowl? I mean, at this point right now, when like a national radio broadcast shows up to do an NFL game, like a guy like Brian Baldinger or something like that, they have to rope them uh, with a velvet rope in a suite. And there's people like partying and drinking champagne and eating nachos <laughs> like a yard away from the broadcast with no glass <laughs> or anything like that. So, they, 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 you know, and and it's huge. And it's, I've been lost five times. I took out four cones when I was trying to park uh, 
a couple weeks ago. <laughs> but the the viewing experience of the game reminds me a lot of of in Dallas. You know, it's a great modern stadium that people like. But it's it's not it's ill conceived in a lot of ways. And you know, remember Hollywood Park was on a lake, so maybe the water table's a problem. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Pops, let me, let me, I mean, I I always hate to, like, not talk, like, straight football. I, like, just want to hear you talk trash about crazy stuff. I hate everybody. Well, that's (laughs) why I was going to ask you. College Football Hall of Famer, LeVar Arrington. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Pops. Appreciate that. (laughs) Let me, uh, I want to throw this one out at you. And, and, And talking about, you know, the, the NFL Going into this weekend, this is a great slate of games. When you're looking at the matchups, what what matchups jump out most to you, or Hold or what storyline for you? NFL schedule. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I could give I'm it to you. Put it in there. I'm putting it. In. If okay, you want me to give the them, Bengals and the Titans yeah. on Saturday. That's right. Okay, that's always that fun because I like the running backs. Uh, I okay. love Joe Mixon because he's so damn big. And uh, the other guy, obviously, King Henry, is huge, too. So I love her. That's a throwback game back to, like, where you worried about who the running back was on a football yeah. team. A, cor- 80s, a Corey you know? Dillon, uh, Jerome Bettis game. Yeah, Neil Anderson versus oh. uh, uh, okay. Christian Okoye. You know, okay. Oh, you, you yeah. went way yeah. back. Take it way back. Yeah. You went way back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, right. okay, Niners, Packers. Uh, that's the I'm a good-looking guy bowl. Uh, quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, the hipster, uh, the hipster bowl. <laughs> uh, I'd like to see the Niners. I kind of, I, I grew up rooting against the Niners because I was, a, you know, we liked the L.A. Rams. John Robinson was a USC guy, and he was their mm-hmm. coach. And Eric Dickerson and Jim Everett and Henry Ellard and Flipper Anderson. Yeah. And people like that were a lot of, uh, Jackie Slater, of course, one of the great O-linemen of all time. Who was the kicker that had Massive. no, who was the kicker that had no shoe? Nick Lowry. Was was that who was for the Rams? Was no, he was the Chiefs. He was the Chiefs. The kicker I that know. I know. Was it Stoyanovich? No, he was the Miami. Landsberg? Is that what it is? Es possible. Uh, we should I go through know. more yeah. kickers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's, yeah. yeah. I think Landetta. we should spend way more time trying to figure that one out. Landetta. Remember uh, Tony Zendejas back oh, in the day? Oh, come on. I remember who could forget him. Uh but I like oh that I, I used to root against the Niners is what I'm saying because I like the Rams. But now I kind of like seeing the colors on the field and I like the way they run the ball. And I kind of rooting for Garoppolo ever since he took that porn star out. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> she, uh, I'm going to look her up when we're done here. <laughs> uh, Do you need yeah, I mean, are you going to look up them going out on the date? I mean, or are yeah, you going yeah, they to went to a Greek her? restaurant. I want to see. I know, but, but I'm saying, are you looking her up? for the date or are you looking her up yeah if, like, you, if you need lavar's browser's password just let me know i'll hand it over to you do you have one uh, because no, i used I to i not. used to pay a guy a hundred bucks at the station to put all the passwords on his credit what, cards what is, what is even what what is that what, what was leaves, that you said he got fired in what what jonas what is that what's the name of it again? i have no idea oh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not familiar oh, naughty not america familiar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Jeez. Yeah. Okay. M Y L F. Oh, wow. Never heard uh, of any of these websites. It's oh, not man. Man. You know, it's kind of awkward, to watch, this, kinda awkward to watch that stuff with another guy. This, <laughs> this is appalling. <laughs> hey, Why are you breathing all hard. 
<laughs> I can't. I'm not even going to try. Almost spit my water. I was going to try to get us back on track, but I'm not even going to. I'm looking at the matchups here. I got Rams. Can, no, here. can we look back, though? Did you see the end of the Dallas game? Like, were yeah, you I look- did. I seen it. Okay, seen so you've seen it. What did I you think? It. <laughs> what was going through your mind? It. What was going through your mind in that whole process? Uh, I thought you was like, man, he ran it. <laughs> like I, you know, like when I watch a game, uh, I, I should not do it like this because uh, a long time ago when I started reading books, uh, I was so intimidated by the authors. I thought they were all so much smarter than me, which of course they are. But uh, if you read a book like that, it's hard to learn anything. And somebody taught me a trick. Like when you read a book, read it like you're smarter than the author and more things occur to you uh, because you just have a little bit more confidence while you're reading. Uh, I have the opposite when I'm watching a football game. I always feel like they know more than me. Like, oh, there must be a reason he did that. He's Dak Prescott. (laughs) He got it all figured out. Brilliant. You know, I really thought he had it uh, figured out, but uh, (laughs) he he didn't. (laughs) You know, like usually like like a half a tick away from having it. Yeah. And I always have to check myself when I'm watching a football game because, you know, as an announcer, you don't want to jump to conclusions and be like, what in God's name are you doing? So you have to kind of be measured so it took me uh, like a minute to process like that he actually made a massive mistake <laughs> uh same with mm. the chargers coach and you know the, the way those things have gone down and it is amazing to me that it's like you're an nfl coach your job is to manage these things at the end of the game and it just seems like we go into full panic mode uh in a lot of levels of football when it when there's decisions to be made it, it, there's no way they rehearse that they say they rehearsed it. There's no way they rehearsed that. No, I no mean, way. The, was the official there? Because he's part of the dance. <laughs> and, and and how do you simulate that official and how far away he was and how slow he got to the ball? Like, come on. You can't. You ain't yeah. rehearsed that. They're lying. Hey, it's, hey, it's a lie. Petrus, what do you make of – there seems to – we were talking about this last week. There seems to be this thing with Brandon Staley where – some people don't like him. They think he's arrogant. Like some like hardcore football people think that, you know, his approach is is arrogant and there's a lot of ego that goes along with it. You guys talk to him on AM570. Do you get that same sense from him or is this just, you know, because he's the new guy like Chip Kelly was, he gets a lot of the heat? I don't know. I mean, he's kind of got that Sean McVay uh, style of being interviewed where he uses your name a bunch, so you're supposed to feel good about it. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying, Jonas? Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's kind of like right? when they say to you, hey, good question. That's a good right? point, I'm glad Petros. you asked me that, Petros, yeah. because when it comes to our special teams, Petros, as you know because you played, Petros, it's a really important part of the game, as you know, Petros, because you played. So, so it's kind of like, okay, coach, uh, right? uh I don't – I mean, my sense was that he was pretty shell-shocked about what happened on uh, that Sunday night, and he was pretty shook. And I hope he learns from it because a lot of that stuff ended up uh, coming back to bite them. And, I mean, the team was, was flawed. You know, there's no doubt about that. You are who your record is, and the Chargers didn't make the playoffs. And a lot of people look at that quarterback and they say, how did that happen? So that's something they're going to have to answer for and – back to the drawing board and all that, but I expect him to be a more mature coach next year. I don't think he was like a pop-off like Lane Kiffin or anything like that, but he certainly has a way about him, and they believe in their kind of more modern strategy, and it's an interesting play there, Cotton. We'll see how it works out.
It's uh, Petros Papadakis. Get him on Twitter, at the old P. Nobody breaks down playoff football like Petros Papadakis does. Oh, I didn't even get uh, to the uh, Bills-Chiefs. I'm, I'm excited about think? that. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Are you? Who you think can get that one? You know, I did like the Bills coach just shoving it up Belichick's behind. What? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Okay. I like Andy Reid, though. He went to Marshall High School here in uh, Los Angeles, home of the Barristers, which is uh, where Leonardo DiCaprio went to high school. Oh, wow. Really? Look at that. All right. Yeah, Look it's at in that, Los Leo. Feliz, Marshall High, kind of a tucked away place. Do you and think the, he, uh, he the, got after it in high school? Do you think he was as popular as he is now? You Andy? Know? No. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, I knew him when he was a teenager. He got after it. Okay. Does Leo's uh, mom really still throw water on uh, people that, that do sightseeing on their, their street in the hills? Interesting. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured you'd have that I'd never been by the house. I know, but, you know, there is a great movie about that part of the city of Los Angeles uh, that came out right before COVID, and it kind of got washed away. But it is a great movie, and it's really mysterious. It's called – it's made by the same guy that made the horror movie, It Follows – but it's not a horror movie. It's called uh, Under the Silver Lake. And huh. it's about that area where Andy Reid and Leonardo DiCaprio are from. Wow. How about oh, that? Wow. I mean, listen, is there anything this guy doesn't know? I mean, this I is was why. Say, yeah, he didn't who's know. Playing? Who's playing? I don't know who's playing. Who cares about that? <laughs> he didn't know important. if Leo's mom still throws water on sightseeing. No, no, I don't know. I, mean, I only on. saw Leo at the club when I was a kid. I never got invited back to the Hollywood Hills. I mean, oh, okay. uh, there it was. Right. I didn't know you were at the red carpet. I'm sure there was for... a pile of cocaine the size of Mount Everest. Yeah, there is. Uh, <laughs> wow. the, the, entire, the entire cast wow. of, of What's Eating Gilbert Grape uh, all, all, uh, you know, all rock some, and lines. I want to do some bumps with that fat lady. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Uh, Petros, get, you, get you drunk. Get you drunk on my lady. Uh, we, will, uh, we will do it again next week. Uh, if you need any more uh, information about playoff football, at the old P on Twitter. Uh, the old P, baby. <laughs> Let me pull up the schedule. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.